Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is the Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? It is going down another Saturday night live in Southern California. I'm super pumped because it feels like summer. It feels like summer today. I was actually at the pool with my kids. And I was tripping out going, man, it is really, it's legit hot. And we're in the middle of winter. Thank God for Southern California summers in the winter. (laughs) So anyway, I'm sorry. I know this show is in New York City and uh, Massachusetts and all these other places where it's very cold. But yes, I am very excited to be out here in Southern California right now. Even though I do enjoy going to those places Sometimes in the winter, I remember going out to Rochester, New York one time uh, to do an event and literally it was freezing cold. I went out there as a California dude with a zip up. I showed up. It was literally frozen. There was icicles like four feet just hanging from these buildings. And I was like, no way. I had no idea that you can get icicles that big. It's like freezing cold, insane out there. So I'll be praying for all you guys out there right now. Tonight, I got one of my good friends. In studio, Garrett Beeler. A lot of you guys that uh, listen to the the Calvary uh, Network stuff, you guys would know him. He, I'm just surprised he's never been on my show. Honestly, I'm gonna give you a little bit bit of background on him before I introduce him to come on the show. But he's uh, been around a long time in the Calvary uh, movement. He, I discovered him because when I got saved 13 years ago, I was that you guys heard my story where I got saved and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go to rehab. But I'm going to go to church, and I need to learn about who Jesus was. I was so tired of people talking about Jesus and the Bible and not me having any insight. I don't like being that guy like out of it. I want to know what's going on. So I was trying to figure out where I could go to church every night of the week. And I found a place on Monday night. I'm like, man, there's no way they're going to have church on Monday night. Well, lo and behold, I found out there was a study called Monday Night Study that was going on for a very long time, years and years, like – Uh, My dad was there. Greg Laurie used to teach it. Um, There were several other, uh, some of the the, the heroes of the Faith of Calvary Chapel uh, that would do this Monday night study. And during this time, I found out that the Monday night study was going on at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. And I walked in and it was all young and it was packed. And it was so cool because all these other churches I was going to, it was like more like older crowds on Sundays, Wednesdays. I was even going to like Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa on Tuesdays where there was a really old crowd with like beehives. Really old crowd, but I was desperate for Jesus. But when I was in this Monday night study, I would sit back there in the back because I felt like a black sheep. I didn't know anyone. I just kind of rolled in, but it was packed with young people. And this dude came up and he would start speaking. His name was Gary Beeler. And I remember... Garrett, I know you're in studio listening, but I remember just being in there and you would get up there and you would start speaking and you spoke my language because I think a lot of the other pastors I was going to hear speak, they were older, but you were around my same age, but just the lingo, the street lingo that you were using at that time. And what I loved is that you were teaching through the gospels and you were making it so relatable, life application, no compromise gospel. It was funny, not that you're like a prankster, but you are. You do have a little, you have a, some funny, uh, uh, definitely some funny things. You're not going up there, because there's, there's some other pastors that go up there that I've seen, not from the Calvary movement, but other people, they go up there and just crack jokes. It wasn't like that. 
you're preaching the gospel, but just some of the things that you would say were so stinking relatable to me that I'd just be busting up laughing. And then I'd go, how in the heck does this dude go up there and just speak for like 40 minutes or whatever? And then you do like altar calls. That's where like you, these are called invitations where you go, hey man, if you were moved by this message or you felt like you related to what was said tonight and you want to give your life to Christ and you're tired of your sin life, you know, basically sin is the stuff that destroys us that we hate anyway. You want to come up and you want to commit your life to Christ and be forgiven and say a prayer. That's You would say that every time on Monday night. And this would be live actually on K-Wave, a live radio show every every Monday night. It was a big deal. And you would do these altar calls and, dude, all these people would get saved every single Monday night. And I would trip out because I was new in the faith, even though my dad's a pastor and the whole thing. But I'm like, this is so crazy because you had this voice and you do have this voice still as an evangelist, a Bible teacher. Um, and when you call for people to repent and give their life to God, people get saved. And that's there's not many people that, that, that God does that with. Like we're, It's like an evangelist calling. But I saw that and I was just like, dude, how in the heck does he do this? How does he remember all this stuff? And I just was so dumbfounded by it. But what happened is God used you in my life to put that evangelistic calling in my life and to see it carried out through a younger guy my age. Not Because I think you know, these older guys are these evangelists that you would see. Of course, Greg Laurie would get up or like my dad or these guys would get up and they would say stuff and people get saved, of course. But to see a young buck like yourself get up, get it done, and God used you. Dude, God used you in a massive, massive way uh, in my life. So the fact that you are here in studio, and I'm shocked that this is actually your first time. I've had your wife on here twice. <laughs> You're here. I just wanted to say that intro just to like say, dude, God used you seriously to decide. You discipled me when, when in a very uh, young stage of my life where I would go religiously every single Monday night, and God used you to save two of my best friends uh, to give their life to God when they would go to church, nothing would happen, but I've seen them go up and give their life to God with both of those guys. So, dude, thank you so much. Man, I can't tell you. Gosh, I, I don't even know what to say after that. Praise the Lord. But what an amazing thing uh, to be back. I mean, in a place that was my home for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like I haven't been home in a long time, and here I am. But I just want to say thank you for inviting me on your show tonight. And uh, what a what a blessing to be here. And uh, just hearing that, look at you now. I mean, look what the Lord has done in your life. And there is no other way, because a lot of people, you know, they get caught up in religion and trying to be a better person. And, you know, you know, really, I'm going to do better next time. But they get burnt out. And if you try to you try to be, you know, this person without the power of the Holy Spirit, you eventually stay like a lot of people say, you know, I tried the whole church thing. I tried the whole Jesus thing. And it just didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. But you're you're like case in point where it's like you had an encounter with Jesus. It was a real thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't trying to stand on your tippy toes to be good enough to reach God. It was like really receiving that free gift of salvation that that was made possible through Jesus. And now look at you. Thirteen years down the road, you got your own show. You travel around the country. People are getting saved. Uh, you have a, an amazing wife. You have beautiful kids. I mean, the Lord has blessed you. And it's so cool as your friend just to be able to see what the Lord has done in your life and what he's continuing to do. I mean, it's mind-blowing. But it's just one of those things that you point to the Lord and you say, look what God has done. Yep. He does what only he can do. 
And for anybody that's listening out there, you can be the furthest away, furthest away, Mm -hmm. and God can change your life in an instant and set you on a path to doing great things. So uh, thanks for having me on the show tonight. Looking forward to spending some time with you. Did my wife pay you to say that? (laughs) but i'll tell you you did marry up man i know i know i know you know what your wife and my my wife my wife loves your wife and she's done that show with her um, on this and we 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 love you know we love you guys our our family loves you guys my my mom my dad we we all love the the beeler family so thank you again for being on and the fact that we are actually on this radio show right now doing this is it's crazy what God can do. It's like you said, it's what God can do and he can do it uh, with, with anybody. It's just all about committing your life to him, mm-hmm. getting discipled, finding a pastor that you can relate to. Cause I related to you that you can receive from. And then once, if you, if there's a pastor's voice that you like to hear as far as like the way he delivers the message and he's given the word of God, that's crucial, I think, because when you find someone you like to listen to, then you're going to continue to just burn through the scriptures, to go through the Bible, to continue to go to church. You know what I mean? You want to grow because the way someone's breaking it down. And, you know, I would encourage people to find you online. You have your own church now. Yeah, we're in the city of Irvine. Yep. So we're, we actually just turned seven on January 5th. So we're seven years into a church plant. Uh, it's called Vision City Church. You can go to visioncitychurch.com for more info or look us up on social media as well. Um, but, yeah, we're chipping away. And we kind of, uh, you know, everyone's had a real hard time, you yeah. know, especially in California. I mean, that's not to say that other states have not had it difficult, our, our country, the world. But for us in Southern California, you know, we, we've been through the whole, you know, do you, you know, defy the government or do you do drive-in services? Do you cancel <laughs> yeah. everything? Do you yeah. do Zoom meetings? You know, and, you know, people are Zoomed out, man. It's like, if I have to watch another thing online, I think I'm going to go crazy. So real. we've been in a real good spot in that where we meet, uh, we have set up like, remember the old vision events we used to do right out yeah. here on the yeah. field? Yep. Uh, we actually set up a stage and it's bring your own beach chairs, camping chairs, blankets, and uh, you can spread out on this huge field. We do church at 1030 on Sunday mornings. And then we have a drive-in option if you rather stay in your car and listen. Um, or you can watch online. So I think we're kind of covering our bases yeah. as far as you know, reaching people where they're at. What's the park? Where is it at? Yeah, so this is actually uh, in the city of Irvine. We uh, rent a school from a school. Yeah. Uh, it's called Orchard Hill School. And it's in this tucked away little uh, community of Orchard Hills in Irvine. Yep. And uh, we meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Dude, that's perfect. Get there. Vision Church. Yeah, well, you've spoken there, too. Actually. I have. Yeah. Yep. That was when, that was before the pandemic. That was. That was. That yeah. was actually right before. Yeah, a lot's happened this last year. So, you know, you, I feel like you got a lot of wisdom because you've, you've lived a, a life of a lot of uh, different transitions and, and starting here at Calvary Chapel. And then, you know, venturing out to start your own church. What's been going on nowadays with you? Like, because we haven't even caught up just since, that, since, the, um, since COVID hit. Yeah. What, God was blessing your church and still is, obviously. But you, uh, what was the shift? What happened uh, when, when the pandemic happened? Just like, I want to hear kind of like what God was doing in your life. And then like the shift of what, what God's doing nowadays. Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. And just to kind of fill you in where we're at, four kids, 
You know, I have my, my oldest son, Hudson, who's 12. He'll be 13 in June. I have my daughter, Ava, yep. uh, who's 10, and she has special needs, so she still can't speak or walk. And so if you anybody hears that out there, pray for Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a special needs daughter. And then we had about a seven-year gap. Uh, and then we had Harrison, who's three. And then I have little baby Georgie, who's uh, going to be uh, one in April. So we we got a full house when... You know, right before the pandemic hit, I mean, we we're just firing in all cylinders. I mean, the church yeah. is going great. A lot of things cooking every night of the week. Really effectively, I think, uh, helping people grow in their walk with the Lord. Because I think you hit the nail on the head earlier about finding a pastor that you can relate to, that you can grow uh, grow from. And basically, it's just finding somebody that will, that will teach you the Word of God and yeah. not sugarcoat it. I mean, yeah. you'll love it or you'll hate it, but at least you'll know what it says. And so yeah. I feel like our heritage is very the same and is very alike in that we've had that same upbringing in uh, receiving the whole counsel of God. And so that's always been my thing, is I wanted to carry the torch. You know, I, I just wanted to do what I was taught. And so we we just had a lot of things going great, and then we kind of had a fourth hoop to uh, fourth hoop to jump through, where a lot of people had the state regulations, and then you had your county, and then you had your city, and then we had a school district on top of it. So oh, yeah, because you were in a school. Yeah, right. so so it was very challenging, and we haven't been able to be indoors. Uh, we haven't been able to have any inside meetings, so we had to improvise. And and sometimes we were even getting our outdoor services canceled like two days before they were going to happen. Uh, as regulations were changing. So we did like a few Saturday night services and that we just needed to keep people together yeah. because people were struggling, yep. being isolated, depression, suicide, drug use, substance. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you name it. Mm-hmm. And people were really, really hurting. And so I, I, I felt just really strongly that we needed to gather the church together. Do you think well, with that said, do you, have you seen or had conversations or feel like a lot of people have there's been like a falling away during this time oh, of, yeah. of the of the like with the church yeah with the actual church of people that not just going to your church but maybe even other just pastors general. or people there's been a, a falling away of, yeah. of Christians yeah no you're, faith you're right you know I think a lot of times churches can be a little inflated and you'll you'll look at like oh man these guys just have so many people or whatever but really what happened is the lord used it to refine a lot of people mm-hmm. and, and and not just the the individual person because i think everybody took it on the chin i mean everyone had a hard time nobody got off last year having an easy time but i, I think it refined everyone but with the from the the standpoint of looking at church though it did it did separate it it really did those that were hardcore and like, hey, my relationship with the Lord is number one. They stayed committed. Mm-hmm. Those that had an option now, hey, you don't have to go to church. Because what happens, like when you first started the online services, it was like, okay, we got to tune in at 1030 and we're going to watch this. And the next thing you know, as a few weeks goes by, a couple months goes by, it becomes ambient, you know, in the background while you're doing other things, mm-hmm. you know, and then next you're not even watching it. And then yep. next thing you know, is you're six, seven, eight, nine months down the road, almost a year, and you haven't gone to church at all. You stop reading the Bible. You stop investing in in your spiritual relationship with the Lord, and then you just ended up falling off. So absolutely, that happened. Because you know, with all all those things said, normally, like when you're going to church, you're like, okay, it's it's like a routine. You know, you're like, okay, so I'm going on church. Like we have our routine. Like yep. we're gonna go either on Wednesday night or Sunday morning or both or whatever it be. And then when you're there, you know, oh, when I'm there, I'm gonna actually have the fellowship aspect. So I'm gonna talk to my front, my fellow believers, iron sharpens iron and all that. But then when the pandemic happened, 
They were like, no more church and don't even be around people. I mean, they're trying to shut stuff down for Christmas and everything. Yeah. So it's completely isolated people. And when you're isolated and you're not in your routine and it's so easy to fall away from reading your Bible or watching the webcast or whatever it be. And once you get in that rut, as we all know as believers, we can even get in that rut where we can get so busy as mm-hmm. just in ministry that you I got to read the Bible, actually. You know, like you could be so busy for like three or four days yeah. and you're like feeling all like restless and anxiety and like, why do I feel like this? I'm serving God. Wait, I haven't read my Bible in four days or whatever, you know, life could be so crazy yeah. with. But but then if you're not even in ministry or whatever, you could fall away. And I've seen that's what I've seen is a lot of people falling away. And now it is you. I feel like right now it's like if you want to be a Christian, you got to go for it. You got to literally you got to. God is like separated like the Sunday Christians Mm -hmm. to like the diehard Christians. And if you're like a diehard Christian, like a foreign Christian, you got to fight for it because it's not like you can just go to church. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, in the Old Testament, David just talked about how I'm not going to offer something to the Lord that hasn't cost me anything. And it is a sacrifice. You're actually giving of your time uh, to go to church, but you're actually being obedient to the Lord, as it says in the word, uh, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren, meaning that you just go to church because that's what God tells you you need to be doing in order to be pleasing to him, to grow in your, your relationship with the Lord, to encourage and be mutually encouraged with your brothers and sisters in Christ. So I think it's a very, very important thing for Christians nowadays. Like you, you, you said it. There is a great separation of those that may call themselves Christians and those that are truly followers of Jesus. Because, you know, Christian means Christ-like. Like, I'm going to live my life like Christ. Right. I I put my faith in him. I've been forgiven of my sins. I have the power now of the Holy Spirit to do that which pleases God. And it is going to be difficult. And no one ever said it was going to be easy. I mean, just to circle back to your question, I mean, that last year was rough for me, for my family. You know, and, and it was one of those things. It was a real challenge. I want I want to hear about this because this is very relatable because there's a lot of families that have it's been difficult. Uh, it's, been, it's been difficult for everyone on, on, on all kinds of uh, different levels. I mean, you could people where they've, they've lost everything or they don't have enough money to eat. Then there's other people that are like used to being gone at work all day long. And now and they didn't get along with their wife or husband anyway. That were like non Christians or whatever, and then also they're stuck at home with their family. Yeah, you know there's 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 been um, there's been uh, difficulties in in many people's lives, but I want to hear about yours, what you were going through during this time. Yeah, well, I think what is most relatable is going to be you go through a transition of maybe you can understand this because I know you're go 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 right. Yeah, it's like if you're used to being out and doing things and and charging forward, now all of a sudden you're forced to be confined. So now you're staying at your house. And so you get it. You got to go through this, you know, adjustment period of getting used to being home every single day, not doing anything. And so I think for us, it, it took us a little bit of time to, to transition through that. But then all of a sudden, something that seemed to be really, really hard turned into be a huge blessing. I mean, if you have problems with your spouse and I know you said that you had heard of people that are they're put together now. You're going to have to work those things out. You know, I've been very blessed with an amazing wife and great kids. And my time of traveling and going stopped. And I had a whole year, almost nine months of being with my kids every single day, every single day. And it was one of the biggest blessings to me as a husband and as a father. But 
one of the things that, you know, you started to see is is that being around the kids, they're not going to school anymore. Yeah. Parents that aren't teachers are having to homeschool their kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, guys that are in certain industries, like we have buddies like in hotel and entertainment and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that where their business is just chopped. And so they're left with huge overheads, no income, and then, you know, trying to put on a strong face for their kids and for their wife. You know, that's a very, very difficult thing, you know, to, to deal with. But, you know, for, for me, I think one of the most challenging things was just not being able to to meet with people. You know, I think like what we do is something that's very personable and it's very relational. And so when you're cut off from all of those things, you know, you realize that there are people that are in need and that are hurting and you feel like you're paralyzed in some respects, mm-hmm. like you, your wings have been clipped. It, it has been very interesting. I, I would agree with you because you are you are always on the go as well, going around guest speaking and, and all that stuff. And, and then all of a sudden it gets shut down. So you get out of your groove. But then you feel that urgency, like you said, to go reach people and be with people. But then they're saying stay away from people. But the word of God never changes. You know what I mean? Like God has called us to go and to be with the people and to minister to them and and, I mean, if the disciples and them were here today, Jesus, I don't mm-hmm. think he'd be out, continue to do it. And he gave, Jesus gave the disciples the power. He said, go. Mm-hmm. And they were laying hands on the sick. They were, they didn't get sick. They went out and just did it. You know, they did ministry. Yeah. And I think if you even look back at medieval history, mm-hmm. you know, when the plague hit and all these different things, the Christians were the first one to go into the towns. I didn't know this. Tell yeah. Me Christians that. were the first one. And, and the name specifically escapes me, but they, they were Christians and they were the first ones to go into the towns to help those people that were sick. When everyone's like, I'm getting out of here. People are dying left, right and center. They were the ones that went into it. Mm-hmm. To try to nurse them back to health and try to help them, you know. So I, I, I feel like you know that that's the heart of the Lord is to help those that yeah. are sick, to help those that are hurting, marginalized, isolated, you know, outcasts, whatever they may be. Right. And I feel like it's been a real, a huge challenge in having to change how you help people, you know, when you can't be in any close proximity to them. I feel like it's uh, this moving forward. We don't know what's what the regulations and the restrictions and all these things are going to happen moving forward. But I don't, not to be like negative Nancy, but I don't see it going back to normal, you know, this year. I have a lot of friends that do music festivals. Obviously, you know that. And tons of friends that are in bands and no one has any clear dates right now of any events that are going to be happening in large gatherings. And, you know, even like small gatherings, and we're talking very, very small gatherings, but then are people going to have to be vaccinated or, or whatever? You know what I mean? Like we don't even know what, and I'm not pushing vaccinations or anything like that. I'm just talking about what the news is is talking about. Um, but, yeah, we don't know. So what? as us as believers in the church, leaders, pastors, evangelists, I, I mean, just Christians, yeah. period, is we got to be very strategic on how we're going to minister and, and be led more than ever by by Christ. And I've talked about this before. It's like I think I was even talking to my dad recently about, you know, the 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 days of the the big church institution and all this stuff. Like we don't know what's going to happen. So right now is the time when we need to forward think and go, okay, we got to continue to do ministry and we got to see how we're going to be able we got to be strategic and 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 pray that God shows us clearly what to do cuz he wants we know that he wants to continue to keep reaching people and Jesus is not going to stop. 
No, absolutely. How are we going to do it? Well, Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against right. it, and right. I, I just said, and neither will COVID. You know, yeah. it's like it's one of those things where you got to improvise and you got to adapt and yeah. you got to keep doing what you know you're called to do. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's a hugely important thing. But one thing just for like Christians, I mean, look what you went through. You know, I told this to my church on our first, we call our first Sunday of the month, usually of, of the new year, uh, first or second Sunday, Vision Sunday. And I was just like, you know what? Look at you guys. Look what we went through last year. You guys had the hardest year of your life. And here you are today yeah. still doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. You took it on the chin. You got beat down. You struggled. You were defeated. You didn't know how you were going to make it. And yet Jesus sustained you. And here you are still standing. You had not given up yet. Yep. You are still there and you have been refined and strengthened and you didn't even realize how powerful the Lord was at work in your life through all of it. And you've come through it now stronger than you were at the, you know, at the beginning of that previous year. You know, and that's a huge thing. That's interesting that you said that because think about it. What if right now, which we know God's refining the church. We already know that. It's happening with the ones that are sticking there. He's refining. He's building them up. And he's preparing us for what's next. Because we know this is all in his will. He's working out his eternal plan and purpose. But you think about even like Paul. Paul was continuing to go through hell. Like locked up, getting rocks thrown, persecuted. But he continued to press on. Continued to press on. And God is, he's building the church. He's, straight, he, he's basically turning this, the church into, into uh, warriors. You know, and building us during this time. I can tell you right now, I've grown during this time. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've had to like control because you could get all like people like us that travel a lot or speak a lot. All of a sudden, everything kind of gets shut down. All of a sudden, like everything just switches up, and you got to kind of like navigate through these emotions and through what God wants to do in your life. You know, I feel like God has just really been just working and, and speaking to me and just toning us down and preparing our hearts and, and minds for whatever is is going to come. And He's doing that with His people. As well, and I think giving people a, an urgency on what it is to have a true relationship with them during during this time. Yeah, and I think I've also valued small things. Yeah, things that I that I I kind of took for granted, yep. or that may you know at face value seem insignificant. I felt like I didn't realize that some of God's greatest blessings were those like right right beneath my nose, like they were right here. Like what? Like, like well, well, I I I would never say that I took my family for granted, yeah. but I feel like I treasure them more than I ever have. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I love my my sons, my daughter, my wife, and I felt like with all the things that got stripped away, that which was most important remained, which was my relationship with the Lord. Right. And I think for everybody that was you know going to church and got shut down, you were given a free pass to never go to church again. Nobody was going to be knocking on your door, making sure you're logging on. Yeah. You know, nobody's knocking on your door saying, here's, you know, the, the tithe bag, you know, for you to, yeah. to continue to worship through giving. You were given a free pass to just do whatever you want. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And so what you saw through it, it, through all of what happened last year, and I saw this in my own life, was a strengthening of my relationship with the Lord personally, a strengthening of my relationship with my wife, and with my children, and then realizing what a blessed man I was, even with what was just inside my house. Yeah. It had nothing to do with outside. It had nothing to do with being up in front of people or traveling yeah. to different places or going and experiencing different things. I was a blessed man more than I deserve, even if I just had that. You could literally get, yeah, you could miss what's, what's right in front of you by just getting lost in the shiny objects of, of life. 
you know, and not necessarily they're like a bad thing. They're just distractions. Sure. Yeah. So easy. It's, it, it is true that, I, you know, I agree with that 100%. You know, we're going to be going to break in a minute, Garrett, in like two minutes. But I want to give out the number 888-564-6173. 888-564-6173. We are in studio with Garrett Beeler and we are live. So we want to take some calls. If any of you guys um, want to ask Garrett something, maybe you want prayer or whatever it is, any questions, we are we are here. We are available. Again, the number is 888-564-6173. 5646173. Before we go to break, I do want to share. I have a book coming out soon. Um, it's coming out in May on uh, Hatchet Publishing, and it's called "Kill the Noise." It's called "Kill the Noise: Finding Meaning Above the Madness." And I wrote it during the pandemic in 2020. Uh, got s- shut down, stopped traveling so much, and I just started writing. And I came up with it, and it's a discipleship book. The first two chapters of how I get saved. Starts off with me, like just in the like out of high school, I get saved, and then I walk people through uh, what sin is, what repentance is, what sanctification, which what's the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, what's the call in your life. I just take people through the whole process to disciple them. To basically, it all ends with deciding if if you are a true Christian or you're not. So, like first chapter is called uh, "Let the Good Times Roll," then losing control, then crossroads. Punk Rock Jesus, Identity Crisis, Shiny Objects, Destroy All Gods, God Signs in the Storms, Live in the Impossible, and No Posers. <laughs> so I, I end with no posers. <laughs> so you either decide if you're a true Christian or you're a poser. So we're going to be back right after the break. I love you guys. Of the Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and/or Facebook. Now back, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, all right. I got Garrett Beeler in studio, Vision Church, Irvine, Vision City Church, Vision City Church, yes, sir, Irvine. We got a vision for our city. That's right. That's what, what's the, the website? VisionCityChurch.com. Tomorrow, John the Baptist. Yeah, we're starting a great study, 10.30 a.m. Dude, I cannot wait. I love John the Baptist. Dude, you remind me. He reminds me a lot of you. I got to grow my beer longer. <laughs> you do. <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, hey, Garrett, you know, at the first half we were talking about just uh, the pandemic hit, the church, and then it all wrapped up like from difficulties, what, what people were going through. But then you realize that the blessings that were right in front of you. Because sometimes we get distracted with the things of, of the cares of the world. And it, can't, it doesn't have to be like sin, just distractions, just you know, other things. And you and you really miss those moments of like your kids and your wife and everything that's going on in front of you. So that was a good word. If you missed that, go to uh, Ryan-Reese.com. All these shows are on YouTube and on our app and on our website. Years backdated. And I'm going to have Garrett back on because he's epic and this has been an epic show. But we want to take some calls right now while we have him in studio. Um, I see calls coming in from San Diego, Laverne, Eastvale, Texas. Um, I'm going to give the number out one more time, 888-564-6173, 888-564-6173. We're going to go ahead and grab this call from Jessica in Laverne. How are you doing tonight, Jessica? 
Hi, Ryan. I'm doing well. Um, by the way, I met you and your wife at the park a couple weeks ago here in Laverne. I remember <laughs> you. you. remember me. Yes. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. I didn't get to say bye, but hi and bye. Hey, we, we were all I'm chasing good. kids. Yeah. Don't don't worry. <laughs> um, and hi, Pastor Garrett. Um, hey, how are you doing, um, Jessica? Doing well, thank you. Um, well, not so well. Um, I just called because I, I just need prayer. Um, I guess for my family, for myself, um, I've just been experiencing a lot of like spiritual attacks and kind of like I've never had before, um, like sleep paralysis, kind of weird stuff going on in my apartment. And, um, yeah, it's just, sorry, I'm kind of crying because, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think like I'm a Christian. I like I've been a Christian for so long. Like, why am I having this happen to me? You know, and like I just feel this cloud sometimes over my head. Like, I don't know if it's depression or just this darkness. I feel all the time. Like I don't, and I'm reading and I'm praying. You know, and I just I feel like God's using it to draw me closer to Him. But I just. I don't know. I'm just like always scared, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. I I prayed over my apartment, and um, but I just had some really weird experiences lately. And okay, I have, I have a couple questions for you. <laughs> I have a couple questions for you. So yeah, when when did the like the sleep paralysis and all that stuff happen? Start happening. Um, the first time it was like around November. I want to say mm-hmm. um, I was like kind of like half awake, half asleep kind of a thing. And I, I heard, I thought I was, I thought I heard the door open my and I called my husband. I thought he opened the door and it was like 2 a.m. And then, um, sorry, I'm sharing with you all this, but um, then I heard all these voices like talking at the same time, um, you know, just mumbling things, but in a really, ugly way and I couldn't move and my eyes were like half awake half asleep like I said and then I don't know I just felt this and then I thought I saw the light in my hallway turn on and I tried to get up and I couldn't but I was still like half asleep and then this kind of presence came over me and I just felt you know this I guess demonic oppression and I, you know, tried to say my husband's name and he didn't come. And then I said, Jesus. And, you know, I started saying like, you know, the blood of Jesus and everything. And yeah, and then that happened and it kind of happened again a couple of weeks ago. And I just feel like every corner I turn, I'm going to run into something or like, just, so, you know, this fear. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know how much you know of my story, but I, I used to, I had that happen to with demons coming to my room and choking me out and holding me down and half awake, half asleep and fear and this crazy amount of like fear would, would come into the room and I would see these black demons, you know, moving around my room and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so is there, is there anyone like in your house? Cause like, is there anything like, do you guys have like supernatural films? Is there people in your house that are into pornography uh i mean is there any doors that could be open that are allowing this stuff uh, that's always the first question is 
has there been stuff that has opened the, the, the doorways, if you will, for the enemy to come to come in? Um, yeah, I can honestly say, like, I mean, we don't practice any occult or anything yeah. like that. Like, you know, I listen to Stephen Bankard a lot. Yeah. And, um, Good. yeah, nothing like that. Um, I did have, like, this little eye decoration thing, and I kind of got, and I got rid of it because I thought maybe that. But, I mean, honestly, like, my husband. <laughs> um, I don't know what it was. It was just, like, this, ret- like, rattan eye mirror and I bought it at like TJ Maxx, but yeah. I just thought maybe this is kind of weird. Um, but honestly, I, I mean, I'll just be honest. Um, like my husband was confessed to us that he had been smoking weed for yeah. like a few years. Yeah. So look <laughs> on and off. This is the deal. That stuff is the stuff that allows the enemy to come in to the house. Yeah. So, what we what you need to do is has he decided that he was gonna quit or is he is he in the process of yeah cool yeah I'm sorry um yeah he did you know repent and he confessed and was just like it was it was kind of weird because we went to Florida last um, we traveled last year yeah and um and he was away from all of the stuff and that's when he kind of like confessed to us and. You know, he was crying, and he just feels like he was mentally here for, like, the last three years. And it, it was really hard to hear, you know, hear that. But, you know, I just want to move forward. But, yeah, I think I feel like that probably, you know, um, opened some doors. And, and I know he struggles with, like, pornography, too. And Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is what needs to be so. done. The good news is Jesus overcame that. There's power in the name of Jesus, and he can literally come down and wreck shop in that house and clear that place very simply and very easily. It all comes down to repentance. Yeah. He, your, your husband and you know whoever's involved with this stuff needs to repent. You need to get all the paraphil- paraphernalia out of your house, any pipes, any drugs, pills, whatever, anything that is attached to that lifestyle. You got to clear that stuff around. Go around your house. See if there's any supernatural films. Anything that the Holy Spirit pops out to you, get it, throw it away, clear the house, get anointing oil, anoint all the walls, the doors, pray, say in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come and clear this place, bleed the blood of Jesus on the house. And literally, if you guys continue to go after God and pray and ask Him, that stuff will go and it will never come back. And if it does, you just say in Jesus' name, leave. But it's always, I've heard this story over and over and over. And then what happens is because that, because the enemy has a foothold or like a, a, a key or what, like it's just like a connection to this house because of these doorways, that heaviness and that fogginess, that depression, that anxiety, all that stuff, it's spiritual warfare. It talks about it in Ephesians. Yeah. You're basically having spiritual warfare. But, but remember, there's power in the name of Jesus. And you can't be double-minded like the man in James. You'll be unstable in all your ways. You can't be going back and forth. So there has to be clear repentance, going after Christ, and asking God to come in and bring his Holy Spirit and push out all that stuff and to bring clarity. 
So we're going to pray for you tonight. Gary, do you have anything to say? Yeah, I would just add for your listeners that may you know, wondering, maybe wondering about spiritual battle. Well, the Bible actually teaches that there is a spiritual warfare that is taking place right now behind the scenes. I mean, we often we'll, we'll look at what we can see. But there is the good versus evil, the the, the demonic and and the, the angelic hosts of the Lord that are fighting over uh, this world. So for when you hear things like spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, oppression, you know, people being demon-possessed, that's not just the movies. This is real life. We've both dealt with those things. Uh, we know that the battle belongs to the Lord and that through faith in Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. And so I would just encourage Jessica uh, just to understand one simple thing is that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That means you filled with the Holy Spirit are more powerful than the worst evil entity that may try to come knocking on your door. However, look at what's happened in your life. Look at how you've pressed into the word of God. You've pressed into prayer. You've actually become stronger because of these things. And I would even go as far to say that the Lord has a great plan for you and your family. And that's why the enemy's trying to shut you down and to be discouraged and to be overrun by fear and anxiety. So anytime you start to feel those things, enter into the spiritual realm through prayer and reading. So that'd be my two cents. Ephesians 6 says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. That's the New Living Translation. So, hey, I'm going to pray for you, Jessica, and I'm going to pray for your husband. Okay, is that cool? Of course. All right, here we go. Okay, Lord Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name that you will literally send your Holy Spirit and that you will push out all the darkness that's in her house, all the enemies. Lord, I pray that you send your angels, your warrior angels to surround that house, to protect them, Lord. I, we plead the blood of Jesus on that house, God. We pray for her husband that you will continue to move in his life. We thank you for your grace, your mercy. We thank you that you don't judge people. You came in the world to save people, not to judge the world or condemn it. Lord, we pray that in Jesus' name that you will fill him, that you will fill her with the baptism and the fire of your spirit, God. I pray that you will break all spiritual chains, strongholds, footholds, as the scriptures refer to it, that you will break that stuff off of them, Lord, and that the enemy will have no more access to that house in Jesus' name. We pray for protection over their kids. We pray protection over their life. And God, I pray in Jesus' name that you bring clarity, that depression, anxiety, all that stuff that's happening, it's all supernatural. It's from the enemy. I pray that you just break that off of them right now in Jesus' name because your scripture says that you defeated Satan on the cross and it says that there's power in your name. So in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask for freedom to reign in their house and on them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, I want you to check Thank back you. in with us. Why don't you give us a call next week and let us know how yeah. things are going. Yeah, definitely. And um, just say hi to your father for me, because like I said, I grew up uh, going to his church, and um, I love him. So. Awesome. <laughs> he's, my, he's always my pastor. <laughs> heck yeah, heck yeah, he's awesome. All right. Hey, good to see you. Uh, hopefully, uh, well, maybe I'll see you again sometime. Yeah, for sure. All right. You guys have a blessed night. Awesome. Take it easy. Good night, Jessica. All right. Cool. You know what? 
the supernatural is real. They make movies about it all the time. It's a real deal. And it's not just entertainment. No. It's a real deal stuff. All right. Uh, do you know uh, Stephen Bancars? I've heard of him. So he's this ex-New Age guy. He was like a big uh, voice in the New Age movement, and he ended up uh, getting saved. And he had, he was like huge, huge following. And now he wrote a book, and he's uh, very interesting. His stuff, very biblical, very intelligent, smart mind in the yeah. faith. Yeah. Well, it reminds me. I remember sitting on the first floor here, and a guy came in my office. And <laughs> he wanted to meet with me. And I said, hey, how you doing? And, and uh and he he sat down at my at my desk and I had my Bible there and he started tripping out. He started getting all agitated and upset. And uh, and, and he said to me, he said, that book right there, he said, the light beings told me that that is the greatest threat to mankind. And I said, what light beings? And he said, well, I'm involved with this new age, blah, blah, blah. He says, I, I take rides in ships and all this kind of stuff. Astro traveling and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but he said, he said, the light beings, quote, unquote, okay. said that the greatest threat to mankind is the Bible. And you remember what Paul said, that is nothing for Satan to masquerade as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'll tell you right now, it's, it's no messenger of the Lord that's going to tell you that the Bible is the greatest threat to mankind. But the people that get involved with that New Age stuff are dabbling in things. They have no idea what's really happening there. But mm-hmm. we do know Jesus sets people free. All the time. All the time. Oh, I thought you were going to tell that other story where uh, the, the demon-possessed person, like, jumped out of the— uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe another time. Another time. Yeah. <laughs> we have we'll, some good ones. we'll hold that for another show. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take some more calls. I think you shut it at a pastor's conference one time. All right. Let's see. Here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, here we go. Let's go ahead and take this call from San Diego. We got Ryan in San Diego. What is your question tonight, man? <clears throat> hey, what's up, guys? <clears throat> hey, Ryan. Good to hear hey, you, buddy. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for being. Um, you guys are being bold for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and um, you guys remind me of like the real dudes, like you know what I mean from the Bible. Well, I mean, awesome, we, you man. guys are, right? But anyway, so, okay, so, right, I'm a Christian. Um, I gave my life to Christ, like, five years ago when I was in prison, really. And and I just took a turn, you know, and I just got out, like, two months ago. Sick, and I'm still on right parole. On. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to, like, just straight up ask you guys, you know, like, I know everybody's going through a switch up right now. Yep. But... Um, what do you think about, about like, like staying inspired for the gospel? You know what I mean? Like, how do you stay inspired? Yeah. Like I know it's the word, right? Because I keep reading it and I'm, I'm constantly in it just like I was when I was inside. But like, um, so when, when, when you, when you be, when you get used from the Lord, um, how, how does it? happen when you get into it like like some sort of the enemy the enemy comes at you somehow you know like and then and then it kind of like it kind of like makes me depressed sometimes and then and then i have to like listen to a worship cd or something or like a, a song you know so like say you're say uh so you're reading you're getting fired up you go out you're being used and then the enemy comes in to kind of like come in and rob your joy or like discourages you yeah but that's that that? that's like, like biblical though. Like that happens with the disciples and 
and and you know they have that mountaintop experience that they come down and the enemy's there. It's like it's, yeah, it's, well, welcome to the club on that one. That that means <laughs> to the club. You know what that means? You're in yeah. the game. That's uh, true. That means because if you're not getting messed with, I'm gonna let you jump in here. If you're not getting messed with, that means you're not doing nothing. Yeah, well, a great guy told me this. He said, "If you feel like you're a target, it's because you're on target." I'll never forget that. And an old school Whoa. pastor, old school pastor by the name of C. H. Spurgeon. He's from the olden days. He said something to the effect that the devil is never too busy to rock the cradle of a sleeping Christian. And it's a huge thing, man. If you're just, you know, going with the flow of the world, you're not doing anything that's going to impact the world in the name of Jesus. You know, Satan will lull you to sleep, cares of this world, and he'll keep you busy and preoccupied with other things. But as it sounds that you're doing, it sounds like you're doing, that if you're pressing into the Word of God and you're praying and you want to be used by God and you want to be faithful, that the enemy is going to come and attack you because you're a threat to his kingdom. Yeah. So on one, one, you know, on, one, on one side of the coin, it's kind of a bummer. No one likes getting you know, beaten down like that. But it should also yeah. bring you some encouragement to let you know that you're fighting the good fight. And no one ever said yeah. that following Jesus was going to be easy. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. You know, he said, deny like yourself, <laughs> take up your cross, follow after, follow after right. me, Jesus said. So well done, man. Yeah, well, amen, dude. I would just like to add one thing is uh, the way to stay fired up and on point to continue to have that passion to keep sharing is to be in the word. Because when you, it's, I don't know, it's something about it. Well, it's, it's supernatural. It's like we... I know that God fills us with the power from heaven and we get filled with the spirit and that's what wants us to allows us to share. But sometimes we, uh, we think, Oh, how come I'm not like fire up anymore? How come I'm not like excited? It's because you're probably not reading. You know what I mean? It's so important. That's, that's how we get plugged in. It's God's words coming off those pages. Jesus became flesh. The word of God came out of eternity to planet earth and became flesh. Jesus Christ. So as we read the word, he manifests in our life and he brings that Holy Spirit to manifest and the power comes and then we want to share. So continue to keep doing that and God will continue to use you to, uh, to love people, man. And just remember, giving the, sharing the gospel, man, it's just it's through relationship and just having conversations yeah. and God does it, you know. All yeah, right, amen. Hey, I just want to pray for Ava, man. And Lord, I just lift up Ava to you, and I pray that her feet and her and her um, her eyesight comes back. And and Lord, and that you would just make her healing, yes. and, and you just touch her, Lord, in a mighty way in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, you, you got it. Well, God, we amen. ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, brother. Hey, I'm stoked you're out. Are you plugged into a church that teaches the Bible? I'm over there at Calvary Chapel Lakeside, but, you know, I'm trying oh, I don't to know about those guys over there. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I don't know you know either. I'm, I'm just kind of chill, bro. I'm, no, I'm that's good. But I'm, I'm trying to get into it, you know, like every, like every night. I want to do it like you. i got to find somewhere like that. Keep doing it. Just go. There's, yeah. there's tons of stuff online. That's awesome. You were at Calvary Chapel at Lakeside. Sick, brother. Take it easy, man. That's awesome, man. So cool. Um, here we go. You know where Calvary Chapel Lakeside is? Uh, I, I don't, actually. Neither do I. I'm going to look them up. I've heard of Lakeside. All right. We have a few minutes left, I believe. Uh, Garrett Beeler is in studio, Vision City Church. And you're teaching on John the Baptist tomorrow. We're starting a brand new series tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. You know, and, and one thing that, that uh, it reminded me of when your last caller was sharing is, uh, you know, often you look too far down the road. 
following Jesus just means try to make one right decision at a time. Just just one right decision. You know, and then eventually you'll string a whole bunch of those together and you'll find that making those decisions that honor the Lord, they, they become easier as, as you are committed to them. You know, sometimes you might think, oh, I'm not where these guys are or where they are. It's not about where other people are. It's about what God's doing in your life. Yeah. And everybody's in their own spot. But it's yep. all one decision to honor the Lord at a time. Yep, 100%. We have about four minutes left. But there's a call from... Trish in San Clemente, and it says, how did Paul endure all the pain that he went through for the gospel? I'm not going to take this call because we don't have enough time, but how would you uh, break that down? Jesus gave him grace. That's, that's, that's the very simplest form. His grace is sufficient. His grace was sufficient. Paul pleaded, God, would you please, you know, Lord, Take whatever this was, his difficulty, his pain, uh, his malady, whatever it might be. And I feel like all of us have something like that. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And oftentimes as Christians, I feel like, Lord, I don't want your grace. Just get me out of my situation. Yeah. You know, change my situation. But God's grace is greater. His strength is actually perfected during our times of being broken. And so it, it was exactly that from the Holy Scriptures, was that Paul was able to endure those things because of God's grace and because of God's strength. I heard Chuck Smith say this a few times on some of his studies. You will never know, the, you will never have the peace of God until you understand the grace of God. Hmm. You know, God's grace is sufficient and he will get you through. And like you were saying, there's us as humans, no one wants to be in a bad situation. No one wants to experience pain. No one wants to experience difficulty or any of these things. But God allows us, what I've learned is God allows us to go through these things because they create a testimony. And we are able to share in our sufferings with people that are going through hard times. You know, just like even with the infertility and different things that we've, that we've been through stuff that we've been through, that's that's a testimony that I've been able to go around and, and share my story. And, and I've seen thousands and thousands of people give their life to Christ. And if I didn't go through that at that time, I, I wouldn't have that story to be able to share with people. And, and, and just even like with even like the drugs and stuff, not, not that I was God wanted me to go through the drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. I chose that because we have free will, but God brought me out of it. The story is God came in through the power of the Holy Spirit and just transformed me. Yeah. I got discipled. Got as we were talking about earlier, I went to your Bible study. You taught me the word, you taught me the Jesus stories, discipled me. God transformed me. And now I was able to go out and share what God has done and seeing people's lives transform one after another. But um and you're able to comfort people with the comfort, comfort you receive from the Lord. Yeah. And I feel like that's what makes a relationship with with God so relatable. If you're just real with people, you're cool with people, you're loving with people, you're chill with people. Yeah. But you have your own personal experiences <clears throat> with God that make it so relatable. It's like, hey, I go through the same things that everybody else goes through. Here's what God did for me. And if he did it for me, I know he can do it for you. And it's that simple. We're going to end right here. And it's that simple. You don't have to be this spiritual giant in the word of God. You, your testimony is what God did in your life. When I first started, started sharing, Garrett, you know. I didn't know the scripture. I was just telling my story. 
this crazy story. And then like Jesus died on the cross. You forgave me my sins and everything changed. That was my story. Well, yeah, I remember. That was it. It was that simple. And a bunch of people get saved because it was relatable. It was, but I didn't know anything. It was the work of God. Exactly. Hey, that was a sick show. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me, man. Loved it. We'll do it again. We'll party again. All right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next weekend. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday for The Ryan Reese Show. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.